Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. Sunday morning, March the 7th at 10 a.m. Thank you for joining me. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. I hope so far everybody is enjoying the weekend. Thank you for joining me. Hope everybody's had a good weekend so far. Here we are, um, March the 7th. You know, spring is not uh, too far away. Just one second. My coffee was out of reach. Gotta have that this morning. So um, I wanted to uh, touch on this subject and I think it's very important um, for all of us and for everyone to have, um, you know, an idea and understanding uh, about mental health and overcoming the stigma of mental illness. And we'll look at what is the issue. Each year, one in five Canadians experience a mental health problem or illness every year. That's about 7 million of us. But despite how common it is, mental illness continues to be met with widespread stigma in hospitals, workplaces, in schools, in rural and urban communities, even among close friends and families. It occurs around the world, not confined within the national boundaries or cultural groups. Reducing stigma requires a change in behaviors and attitudes towards acceptance, respect, and equality treatment of people with mental health problems and a mental illness. The Carter Center Mental Health Program identified reducing stigma and discrimination 
as key to improving not only the individual's quality of life, but mental health systems. This happens by understanding the mental illness. It is not everyone's choice. It is possible with the appropriate treatment and supports, the more stigma can be reduced, the better the outcomes for people and programs promoting mental wellness. So what are we doing? Changing directions, changing lives. The mental health strategy for Canada calls on all Canadians to reduce, to reduce the stigma. The MHCC is working to reduce stigma in every area of its work. Opening Minds Initiative in partnership with 110 organizations, aims to reduce discrimination by changing negative behaviors and attitudes often associated with mental health problems and mental illness. Helping workplaces see past labels. is a course aimed at managers and employees to help reduce stigma in the workplace and promote mental health and resilience. The program categorizes signs, indicators, and behaviors of good to poor mental health under four color codes. The Working Mind First Responders has also been developed. This model helps people see past labels and the stigma attached to them. It shows how people can more move back and forth across the mental health and the mental illness. Understanding stigma in the healthcare environment. The stigmatization of living with mental health and addiction problems is all, is, is all too common in Canada, including the healthcare environment. People with lived experience of mental health and addiction problems often report feeling devalued, devalued dismissed, dehumanized by many healthcare professionals with whom they come into contact. The Mental Health Commission of Canada adopted understanding stigma. It's a course based on an in-person workshop created by mental health and addiction professionals under the leadership of the Central Local Health Integration Network. The free Self-directed course is available in both official languages and consists of three modules that focus on, on raising awareness. The impacts of stigma and challenging stigma and discrimination. What have we learned? Change is possible. Stigma can be 
significantly reduced. People with mental health problems and mental illness can be treated respectfully and equally. To make this happen requires the collective effort of all Canadians. Everybody around the world, ladies and gentlemen, at home, at work, in schools, in the media, and on the front lines of healthcare. Open Minds evaluation of anti-stigma programs discovered successful methods of reducing stigma. For example, programs must be tailored to specific audience versus taking one size fits all approaches. The most effective program use follow-up interventions or booster sessions with standalone interventions having only limited access to reducing stigma. Working with the media to raise awareness of mental health issues among the public is another effective approach. Now the other section to this With mental health, overcoming the stigma of mental illness. False beliefs about mental illness can cause significant problems. And what is stigma? Stigma is when someone views you in a negative way because you have a distinguishing characteristic or a personal trait that's thought to be or actually is a disadvantage, a negative stereotype. Unfortunately, negative attitudes and beliefs towards people who have a mental health condition are common. What does stigma lead to? Stigma can lead to discrimination. Discrimination may be obvious and direct, such as someone making a negative remark about your mental illness or your treatment. Or it may be unintentional or subtle such as someone avoiding you because the person assumes you could be unstable, violent, or dangerous due to your mental illness. You may even judge yourself. Now, maybe you've walked down the sidewalk and someone is approaching you from the other direction and you can clearly see that there is an issue with an individual. You can clearly see there's there's their there's their uh, their traits. So what do you do? Or what have you done? 
Have you stopped? Maybe look around, look at your phone, waiting for them to pass you by. Or maybe you cross the street to avoid them. Maybe you're driving down the street and you stopped at a light and you could clearly see that somebody has a mental illness. The way they are acting, behaving. What are your thoughts? Now, for some people, you know, when they are labeled by a doctor of their mental illness, that could be somebody who has a anxiety, disorder, depression, behavioral disorders, mood disorders, psychotic disorders, even people with eating disorders, impulse disorders, addiction, sorry, addiction disorders, personality, development and cognitive disorders. For some of the harmful effects on stigma can include, for the individual, reluctance to seek, to seek help or treatment. Their lack of understanding by family, friends, coworkers, or others. Fewer opportunities for work, school, or social activities, or trouble finding housing. Bullying physical violence or harassment, now we all may or may not have seen this when it comes to bullying, uh, bullying. people picking on individuals who they know that have a mental illness, at times it does become physical and harassing them. You know, maybe, you know, in high school, you see these groups of kids standing in a group, finger pointing, talking about them, making in front of them. Health insurance that doesn't adequately cover your mental illness treatment. The belief that you'll never succeed at certain challenges or that you can't improve your situation. Some steps to cope with stigma. For the individuals, 
who have a mental illness get treatment. You may be reluctant to admit you need treatment. Don't let the fear of being labeled with a mental illness prevent you from seeking help. Treatment can provide relief by identifying what's wrong and, redu and reducing symptoms that interfere with your work and your personal life. Don't let stigma create self-doubt and shame. Stigma doesn't just come from others. You may mistakenly believe that your condition is a sign of a personal weakness or that you should be able to control it without help. Seeking counseling, educating yourself about your, con your, about your con uh, condition and connecting with others who have mental illness can help you gain self-esteem and overcome destructive self-judgment. You know, your doctor gives you the diagnostics of what is wrong. Whether it's bipolar, schizophrenia, impulse disorders, personality disorders, you are then labeled. For people with the mental health issues, don't isolate yourself. If you have a mental illness, you may be reluctant to tell anyone about it. Your family, your friends, the clergy, or members of your community can offer you support if they know about your mental illness. Reach out to people you trust for the compassion, support, and understanding that you need. If you know of somebody who has a mental illness, lend an ear and listen. Don't equate yourself with your illness because you are not an illness. So instead of calling yourself a schizophrenic, say I have schizophrenia. So instead of saying I'm bipolar, Say, I have bipolar disorder. Ladies and gentlemen, a mental illness is not contagious. As people with what we don't understand 
and how we betray others with an illness. Education goes a long ways. Research it. It's all out there on the internet. For people with a mental illness, they can join a support group. Some local and national groups such as the National Alliance on Mental Illness, offer local programs and internet resources that help reduce stigma by educating people who have a mental illness, their families, and the general public. Some state and federal agencies and programs, such as those that focus on vocational rehabilitation and the Department of Veterans Affairs, offer support for people with mental illness. Getting help at school. If you or your child has a mental illness, the effects on learning. Find out what plans and programs might help. Discrimination against students because of a mental illness is against the law. And educators at primary, secondary, and college levels are required to accommodate students as the best they can. Talk to teachers, professors, or administrators about the best approach and resources. If a teacher doesn't know about the student's disability, it can lead to discrimination, barriers to learning, and poor grades. Speaking out against stigma. Consider expressing your opinions at events. In letters to the editor, or on the internet. It can help instill courage in others facing similar challenges and educate the public about mental illness. Other judgments almost always stem from a lack of understanding rather than information based on facts. Learning to accept your condition and recognize that you need to do to treat it seeking support and helping edu educate others can make a big difference. And that goes for all of us. You may in your life know of people like a friend, a family member, a neighbor who has a mental illness. Researching 
whatever these conditions they may have or researching just in general about a mental illness and how you yourself can get past the stigma of the mental illness. We're not going to catch it. It's not the flu. It's not COVID-19. It's not the chicken pox. Therapy is what, you know, people seek. Therapy helps. Mental awareness is for everybody, not just for the individuals who have a mental illness. For people who don't have a mental illness, this is where stigma comes into play. Well, mental awareness, I mean, like, you know, like I said, I mean, you can research it yourself. You go on the internet. And you can find out so much information from understanding it or the help that is out there. You know, and the barriers that come along with it and the organizations that can help. There's one organization here in the city of London uh, where I live and it's called the George Gray Sporting Association. This association gives opportunity for children, adolescents, teenagers, adults who have a mental illness to play the game of hockey. No child or individual is left behind. And when it comes to the end of the hockey season for them, they have an awards night that every child, every individual gets a trophy. Everyone is treated equally and with, with, with respect. It's an organization that has been going on for 30 plus years. My family has been involved in this organization. From coaching to sitting on the administration, equipment managers, help on the ice.
they do so much to help. I know people who do have a mental illness. And to try to understand you know it it can be difficult and that's why you know it's it's so important to do research yourself about the condition that 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 someone has whether it's a friend like i said a neighbor immediate family The resources that we have to help people and the awareness that should that the awareness should be out there every single day. You see people being picked on. If you see people that are being discriminated against because of their illness, we all have the right to say something. And of course, there's the proper ways of going about saying things. If you know something is wrong, you know, someone has been being treated poorly because of their mental illness. And disabilities, physical disabilities. And we come across people of all walks of life It doesn't mean, though, too, if you see somebody um, who is in a wheelchair, who is walking with other supports, it's the stigma behind it on how we portray those individuals how we label those individuals. How they're treated. Stigma isn't just for people who have the illness. Stigma, like I said, is how we see others. We need to get past this barrier of stigmatizing individuals with a mental illness.
because there's nothing to be afraid of. There's no reason to be afraid of anybody who has a mental illness. People, they're in society every single day. the discrimination, the ignorance, the not understanding. You know, all needs to stop. I want to come out to talk about this. And it's something that should be talked about amongst your family and friends and coworkers. It should be talked about every day. When it comes to stigma, like I said, for the people who don't understand it, and for those who are struggling to understand themselves and why they have a mental mental illness. We need to try to understand how difficult this is for people who do have an illness. how people are treated in the healthcare, in the stories that we hear sometimes. Whether culture, whatever culture you come from, The stigma is there in all of us. And when we hear on the news that someone's being treated poorly in the hospital because they're Aboriginal or because they're Black or because they have this mental illness, how differently they may be treated from you and I. I don't know if you ever sat in an emergency room and you look around at people and you can see the physical traits And sometimes you can see how they're being treated.
whatever sort of disorders people have in mental illness. I think also too that we need to be more patient. Well, you know, my show is called the Truckers Podcast, and my topic, my topics can be about anything. They're not mental illness and trucking, and that is a, a, another uh, another uh, uh, topic, obviously, but mental illness in general, and the stigma that goes with the mental illness, not only just for the individual who has a mental illness, but the stigma of the general public on how we portray people, how we treat people. Whether they have Awareness Week, Awareness Month. We all can learn about mental about mental illnesses. You know, we talked about self-doubt and shame. Talked about don't isolate yourself. Don't equate yourself with your illness. Join a support group. Get help at school. And even with people in the workplace. Because in my eyes, ladies and gentlemen, we are all equal. I know um, I have a uh, I have relatives um, who um, is schizophrenic, and um, they're adapting. You know, um, they take their medication, and um, you know that there 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 still is a problem, but. And, you know, making fun of somebody, like I said, you know, the, the bullying, um, uh, the physical violence and harassment against people who have a mental illness. 
well, that's good. I hope you went about it the right way, you know, um, because that's what I said earlier too. I mean, if you see somebody or you know of somebody who is uh, uh, being bullied, Hi, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug. Hey, Doug. How you doing? My name is Michael. Hi, and, Michael. Um, it's, Hi, Michael. It's my brother who um, lives in the, the nurse. This, it's not a nursing home. It's a senior, senior citizen's facility. Has his own apartment. Been living there for 30 plus years now. And uh, it's, the, the problem I had, it seemed like since my mother died, everybody had forgot about him. You know? So mm -hmm. that meant nobody was mm -hmm. buying him clothes. He probably hadn't bought new clothes in 15 or 20 years. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I started buying him clothes and got his you know, wardrobe up, refurnished his apartment, and he feels so good. He really feels so good about himself. That's awesome. Which is important. Awesome. It, it really yeah. was important, yeah. you know, which is, I think... Anyone, even with a semi-sane mind, because I don't think everybody's sane. We may think we're sane, but we have some issues. I think everybody has some mental issues, no matter how small. But even if, if you are alone, uh, um, if, you, if you spend a lot of time alone and you start feeling worse than, then it makes your situation, your the your, the the um, the life you live, sad. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and so by doing that, it, 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 I really he really feels good about himself. He really starts really feels good, and I'm so happy about that. He used to go to it used to be an attorney across the street, and he would go to the attorney's office and clean up and sit down and talk to the attorney or. He'd go to the um, the little restaurant, and they'd let him clean up and give him a meal to do, just to give him something to do during the day. And I thought that was important. And people, I guess, after seeing him in the neighborhood for so many years, you know, they know him, and uh, they really kind of look out for his mental well-being, also. Yeah, and they and they embrace him. They embrace him. Right. That's right. And they embrace him. As a matter of fact, when I started putting new furniture in his apartment and buying him clothes, I went down there to put a, buy him a nice futon and the maintenance man in his building told me, thank you. He, I mean, that's how much the people cared about him. They told me, thank you for looking out for him, which I thought was great. And that showed, right. that showed how That's the people right. in this building looked out for him. You know, the older ladies, well, somebody gave me a TV, Michael. I don't care about the TV, Don. But that they give him TVs and, you know, send him to the store. They buy lunch and buy him a lunch or, you know, it's just nice. And so it, all, it, all, it, I, it. I wonder, is it, you know, the, uh, the way other other people are treated, I wonder is it is it is it always bad? Are they always stigmatized? You know, and treated badly. 
Yeah, that's why, yeah, you know, that's why, you know, I got, a, I got an echo going. Got an echo you have an earpiece? You have an earpiece? No, I, let me put my headset on. Where is my headset? Oh, here it is. All right, can you, is that better? Um, nope, still can't hear. Yeah, that, yeah oh, I can hear better. you good. You can hear me good? Okay, okay yeah. yeah, that's better. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. uh, you know, you, you know, you're right too because um, how people um, are treated and it, how, how, how poorly they're treated and that's still going on today. You know, from general public to healthcare professionals to teachers to workplaces. Um, it's, you know, like I said, in schools, um, I'm glad like you're like your, your, your brother, you know, he, he, he's in a, he's living in a safe place. Yeah. That's yeah. the important uh, part because so many aren't and they're homeless and that was, that's makes it bad and they are abused physically at that point. No, you're absolutely correct. You know, um, when it comes to mental health. Um, mental illness, um, even addictions um, that go along with it, um, the homeless. Um, we see that in our everyday lives. You know, whether we're driving down the street or we're walking down the street, um, and that, like, I don't live very far. Um, if I walk, it probably take me twenty minutes um, to get to of uh, the one area of the city where um, they have um, the homeless shelters and, and everything else like that. Um, and I've always, I've always grown up in this neighborhood and um, you see it every single day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, I have an uncle um, who, who lives in an adult um, home like, like your brother does, he has his own apartment and that, and, um, every, every month we take him to the banks and, and get him money. So he has money for the month and we take him, you know, to the store that he needs to, to get the things that, that, that he needs or that he wants, you know, and, um, he, he's very, he, he's very good. And, um, he always has money left over, you know, whether it's $50 or whether it's, you know, a hundred dollars. Um, he goes to the community center, uh, the, the uh, community center. Um, he also, um, go, he, he like, he loves the bowl. So he joined the bowling league, you know, and unfortunately, and unfortunately with, um, you know, this COVID going on and the lockdowns and, and things like that, um, you know, there's, he can't go to the community center and he can't go to the bowling league, you know, and do this and, and do those things um, that he likes to do. And he volunteered once a week at the hospital. You know, wow, he hang up. Yeah, he would hand out magazines or newspapers to the patients or, or whatever, you know, and that, so he would do that once a week and, you know, and all that all stopped, you know, because of COVID, you know, but we, uh, uh, he talks to my mom, you know, twice a week, sometimes three times a week on the phone and, 
and stuff like that. And he's yanked. He's, he's yanked. Uh, like he wants to get out like everybody else wants to get out too, right? You know, right. so um, as things are slowly opening up and his programs that he likes to do, um, hopefully he can get back to doing that too. And that helps, you know, people um, with a mental illness um, to get out and, and join um, other groups. Yeah, socialization is a very important part of uh, life because we are social beings. And so we do need to have contact with other human beings. And that's one of the problems, my brother, since uh, he kind of got <laughs> funny thing. My brother's crazy. He said uh, he said he, he, he doesn't like going to the outpatient facility every day because he said everybody there was crazy. I said, Donald, you're crazy. What is I said, Donald, don't you think that's why they got you going there? Because you're crazy too? He's uh <laughs> But then after a while he started accepting and he started going and he started liking it and you know, um he just he it 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 really helped him, you know, because it gave him some some place to go every day. You know, and he had a friend and he'd say, Oh Mike, I'm finna go over such and such a house and we're going to go to the corner and get a couple of sausage sandwiches, drink coffee and smoke cigarettes and sit on the corner. Um, now, my brother lives in Miami, which is where you know I'm from. And uh, in one of the worst neighborhoods in Miami. Uh, but, you know, during the day, nobody bothers him. You know, he goes to the store, does whatever he needs to do, has no problem. You know, um, he doesn't go out at night. Um, which is good. There's nothing for him to go and nowhere for him to go at night anyway. He does his own, well, he doesn't go, take, do his own grocery shopping. My nephew will take him, come pick him up and take him grocery shopping, you know, twice a month or however often he goes, you know, but uh, I think socialization is really important. And one of the things now, like you said, he doesn't go anywhere now. He's in the house and, uh, he'll go outside to smoke a cigarette and then come back in. So I'm, I think I'm going to, when I go down there the next, I think I'll, I'll be on the road for the next three weeks. And then when I get off the road, I'm going to drive down to Miami and I'm going to see if he wants to do some volunteering at a hospital. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. I think that's pretty neat. You know, Let him yeah. volunteer somewhere. Yeah. Even, you know, whether it's a hospital or he may um, maybe volunteer at, at, at the uh, community center, um, you know, places like that. Um, you know, I mean, it's it, it's good for people to um, accept them and, and bring them in and say, yeah, we got something for you to do. Yeah, I did have him. He was going to uh, Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous. Even though he wasn't an alcoholic, he'd go there, drink coffee, and listen to everybody, and just listen to everybody, mm-hmm. you know. And I had a, I had a couple of friends who had to go on there, and so they would embrace him, and he felt good. I, I, but it was at night, and I think he just got tired of going there at night because he'd have to walk eight or nine blocks coming home. Mm-hmm. Maybe not that far, but, you know. But just something to, for them to get out and do something and be around other people and makes them feel wanted and accepted. And I think that will prolong their life and and, and um, increase the health of their uh, mentality. 
I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it is. Uh, mental yeah. health is a problem. And, you know, one of the things we know as I'm an over-the-road truck driver and uh, I'm in this truck three weeks out of a month mm-hmm. and you can tell from just being isolated that after a while, it, 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 it messes with yours. It, 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 it kind of bothers my sanity. You know? Yeah, it did. It know. did. Yeah, it did for me too. Um, you know, yeah. I did, I did long haul for, um, 15 years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like I say, and like you say too, you know, it does, it does, it does play on you, you know, um, you know, when I get out, when I got to the truck stop and it was, you know, at the end of the day and I got my bag on my hand, I'm going to go take a shower and then I'm throw my bag back in the truck. I'm going to go back inside. I'm going to get something to eat. I'm going to talk to people. Yep. You know, yep. sit, I, I'd talk either to sit everybody. At, yeah. I'd either sit at the counter at, at, at some truck stops or like that, or I'm just at a table or whatever like that. And someone's just across from me. I'll make eye contact with the individual and, and start striking up a conversation because we, we, we need to do that. We need that. And that's something I need to do because I've been just getting a subway sandwich and coming back to the truck. Mm-hmm. I do need to start going to, I, I think I may need to start going to TAs or Petros where I can't sit at the counter. Yeah. Yeah. I always like the, uh, I always like the, the, the flying J's, you oh. know, in, in the restaurant part there, or even in the TV room when we go in to sit and watch TV and have something to eat and everybody's watching the same show or whatever like that. And, and, you know, conversations carrying on stuff like that. So I, I'd like doing that. I guess I kind of, uh, help me, you know, get through the days or the week or, or whatever the case may be. Um, because yeah. like you say, we are social creatures and we need that socialization. And so do people who have a mental illness. They yeah. need that socialization. They need, they need that support. They need that understanding. And, and the, um, the negative stigma that, you know, people portray of somebody who has that, that all needs to stop. And, you know, it just, just something just dawned on me is that that's why a lot of truck drivers have alcohol problems. Yes. Drugs. They they, they stay in the truck by themselves. Yes. You know, they need to get out and talk to people. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. Wow. Because I'm just thinking, I had a friend, he had to quit trucking because somebody told on him. He, he was, he, I think he was doing a 34 and he wanted to go somewhere after he had been drinking and he called his cousin or his, his, his little brother, actually, a guy that he grew up with. And the guy told him where he was at. He told the guy where he was at. And uh, the highway patrolman just pulled him over. Pulled him right over. Like he was waiting for him to come down the road. And um, we got uh, mad at one of the other guys because we thought one of the other drivers who we talked to on the phone, you know, because, you know, you have this little group of people that you talk to as drivers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we, we thought he had told. And we were all pissed off at him. And it turned out to be his own little brother 
but because this guy, um, he never went home. He was probably in his truck for three years, uh, almost con continuously, because he wouldn't go to where his wife was because his wife was at her son's house, and it was such a small facility, uh, such a small living quarters. You know, it's not like you want to go over there and there's a whole family there and your wife is there and it's already crowded. So he just chose not to go there and he would stay on the road and send his wife to check. And I think that played a big part in, you know, his alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, he just uh, isolated himself and. Right. And that. So that's right. something. Yeah. It's not, uh, you know, it's it's really hard to understand, you know, because um, we don't really know what, what people um, are going through, you know, and that's why it's so, that's why it's so important to, um, if you know somebody um, with a mental illness, um, lend an ear to them. Because alcoholism and drug addiction is a mental illness, believe it oh. or not. It's an illness altogether. Right. It can become physical also. That's correct. Yes, it can. And, uh, one of the things they say to alcoholics and drug addicts is do not get too hungry, alone, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And that's, 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 that's the uh, definition or description of a long-haul truck driver. Mm -hmm. He's going he's gonna to be lonely. Tired yeah. at the end of the day, angry because of the four wheelers, and sometimes hungry. That's right. Maybe, well, maybe maybe not hungry because you know we nibble on everything all during the day. Yeah, we do. Uh, yes, because we're bored. Yeah, because we're bored. But those other threes definitely apply. Mm -hmm. and can can if you already have a propensity to alcoholic and alcohol and drugs, you're going to be done as a truck driver, a long haul truck driver. You'll be done. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, mental illness, and you know, uh, I, I got a, a little short story. I have a, I had a cousin. He was autistic, and uh, he was, I guess, he would have been in his fifties now, and uh, he would, he died about three years ago. He was, Sorry, hit by, he was hit by a truck walking down the highway in Mississippi. And uh, one of the things my mother always told me, he said, whatever you do, do not move Donald from the apartment he's living in. Let him stay there. No matter what it is, let him stay there. So his, this other, my cousin, his father moved him out to nursing home after 30 years, took him to live with his sister. He used to go to Popeye's Chicken and get chicken every day. That was one of the treats that she would do for him. And so he was walking along, uh, walking in town uh, on his way back. One of the sheriffs picked him up and uh, he didn't really talk good. He didn't really, you know, his um, linguistics was bad. And if you didn't, if you hadn't been around him, you couldn't understand what he was saying. And so the cop guest picked him up and asked him who he was. And he really didn't understand what he was saying. He took him down the highway because one of the things in small country towns, the police 
they they want they to keep their town clean. They'll put you in jail or take or, or, or make you leave the town. So he took the guy on in the car and then took him to the county line and made him get out the car. And this was on a highway, a little two lane highway in Mississippi. And he got hit by a truck and, and, and got killed. And that's just a, an example of the abuse uh, that sometimes people with mental ill. That's an extreme, uh, extreme example of the abuse that mental illness p- people get, people with mental illness get. No, you're right, and and uh, that that sort of thing has has also happened uh, um, here in uh, Canada. Uh, just one second uh-huh. here. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Doug. How are you? Yeah, I'm a new host. Like, I just uh, sorry for jumping. There's a question. What was the topic about? We are talking about mental illness. Oh yeah, mental illness. Okay, you know, uh, you know, could you share, you know, could you shed on it and tell me more about it because I want to talk about the real topic. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. He wants to start a new topic. Uh, let, let's go. Let's go. Go ahead. Start a new topic on what? Yeah, yeah. You know, a new topic could be about you know polygamy. As as a matter of fact, in order in different types of religion all around all around the world, you can see that. Okay, just some people they're going to remarry once. You know, just they've got polygamy or some stuff like that. Okay, what do you think of that? Is it okay to have more than one wife? It depends on your religion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, really, if you just if, if it's not against your religion, that would be okay. In your eye, if you ask me, it wouldn't be appropriate, okay, to to remarry whenever whenever you've got one. It wouldn't be okay. What do you think of that? Okay, what's your take on it? I did. Can you I afford did. more than one? So, sorry. Can you financially afford a uh-huh. second or third wife? Yeah. You mean that okay, if you're able to I mean to afford it actually financially that would be okay and there's no problem with that, yeah. But if you ask there's me, no problem with not, that. Yeah, I'm I'm not into it, okay. Just in but in my religion, I don't know, unfortunately they've got it. Okay, even even you're allowed to have more than maybe uh three and we've got limitation for that, okay. Just you might have four. I don't know why, okay. We've got that kind of thing, but there is somehow saying there's a problem, especially women. They're not going to accept it, okay. But in some, you know, Arab countries, okay, you can see that, okay. They've uh, accepted to have even more, more than one or two or three, but uh, there might be some, let's say, mental problems, okay, for women, okay. Just they cannot handle, they cannot deal with that kind of situation. Why? Why do you think that? Because you know, you know, jealousy is part of women. Like you just when they see that you know their man is going to uh, actually pay or behave you know in a different way with them. Actually, you know, they they might have more respect to other one, especially new one. Okay, there might be problematic, isn't it? I don't know if if they're working if the whole family is working toward a common goal and they work together as a team. I don't think that there should be any problem. Mm-hmm. 
you know, sorry, you just uh, believe it or not, okay, we are in an uh, English class right now with my students. I've got a number of students, you know, just uh, actually, I want to ask them, okay, to talk about the given topic and, uh, you know, just, I found that, okay, just app and I found it kind of effective because of that, okay, just want my students to talk about the given topic and, uh, uh, do you want to ask me? No? Anyone? You want to talk? They've got, they've got problem, okay, just, they feel shy, they feel shy actually because they're, in the intermediate level of English, so okay, they've got difficulty to talk. So uh, um, you want to, because they want to know that how native speakers are talking about any given topic, so I want you to talk about it, if you have something to say. Sorry. Did you get... No, 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 I'm connected, I'm, I'm sure. What is his question? Did, did you get what I mean by that? No, we didn't hear anything. Uh, sorry, I just, you know, uh, I just, I want to just know about your opinion about a given topic. You just, you know, I want to know that, okay, what are, you're okay with that? Or because, uh, as a matter of fact, it has something to do with mental illnesses, okay, that might arise just because of, okay, just having, uh, I can see that, okay, as I, as I told you in advance, in some Arab countries, okay, you can see that women are not okay with having, uh, I mean, that kind of situation. So, okay, they, they, you know. Have you I lived mean, in, have, have you lived in, have you lived in Iraq? Yeah, yeah, yes. You know, I've been with them, okay, but I've never lived with them. Actually, yeah, somehow. Okay, no, no, no. Have you people. lived in? Have you lived in Iraq? No, uh, no I've got my my my, mo my mom's aunt. Actually, uh, she live. Uh, she she uh, she used to live in Iraq. So okay, just uh, she had kind of problem when 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 I uh, met her after when I paid a visit after maybe twenty years. I, I kind of see that, okay, just, you know, actually, I, I kind of saw that, okay, she was not okay with that, and she was somehow, you know, you, you could see that, you could feel in, uh, in your bone that, you know, she was somehow, like, you know, this, uh, she was not okay with that, okay, and she had problem because of that, okay, just, I so, think, you know, what? So she was just one woman, though. Yeah. You can I mean, say so that. So her yeah. feelings can't, her feelings can't be be a universal for all women of Iraq. I'm mm -hmm. sure there's women in Iraq that are very satisfied with their living arrangements. Yeah, yeah. You can say that again, yeah. Yeah, my my take on, on, on that topic is that, like you say, when it comes to religions and different cultures, um, that it's, it's legal in, in other nations. Um, here in North America, it is against the law um, there are a lot of abuse that comes out of it. Um, so, you know, my take on that is that, um, you know, whatever, whatever your religions are and your beliefs are in the countries that allow it, you know, um, that that's, you know, their business, you know, but, uh, here in North America, um, no, it, uh, I really frown upon that. And you know, I asked myself. I mean, why would want? Why would anybody want more than one wife? 
but that's, well, that I'm, that goes with that goes with, with with the religions and the beliefs of other nations around the world. Now look at it from this point. Uh, if you are trying, well, back in in the in, I think historically they had more than one wife for building nation building purposes. Uh, just like in the old days, you always had. 13, 14 children because it was easier to have the children to help you plow the fields and take care of the crops because you needed a lot of people. So the children were there to help take care of the crops. In the, uh, for, for multiple wives, they help find, it, it, if it's a team effort toward building a financial base, uh, it's easier for one wife, uh, it's easier for a family of six with uh, one wife taking care of the kids, one wife and everybody else working, and you can live a better lifestyle than everybody living on a lower on a, on a lower level financially. Uh, so it would be better to live in a five-bedroom, four-bath house in a gated community, everybody putting their money together, then for $2,500 a month, then everybody living in a one-bedroom home for $500 a month in the worst ghetto in the, in the community. Oh. And that's how I've been, I, 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 I've heard people talk about it. And I think yeah. that makes sense. If the wives, are, they get along, the children uh, are, are well taken care of, uh, they can go on a vacation once a year on a nice vacation because they do have the money now um, as a unit. So that's something to think about. But well, it is illegal here. It's illegal here in North America. But nevertheless, well, the, some people do it. Yeah. The, the problem I have with that is that when um, when it comes to the girls or the females that they're, they're um, married, and they're only like thirteen years old. Oh well, no, there you can't marry children. You know, and that you happens. You have to be an adult, so it, but we uh, know that it happens, that is, and that we it, know it, that in Utah it does happen. Yes, it does happen. You know, and that's yeah. you know that's one of the that's a really big issue with me that you know this is you know is not it doesn't sit well with me, but like I said. If it's in your culture, it's in your religion, in other countries, you know, we can't do anything about that. But we can certainly do something about it here. Well, I, I would never, I, I would never uh, prescribe that you marry an underage girl. I don't care what your religion is. No, but it happens. That's no good. No, That's it's no not. good. No. That's no good. That's no good. You know, I'm with you about the given, you know, believe it or not, okay, just like seeing that, you know, what I believe is that actually uh, our country, uh, let's say our top dogs, they have to pass a law to avoid it because, you know, it would bring about some, so many, many different problems for women, especially mental problems as, as the topic was, okay? Uh, uh, any more comment? You're looking for comments from your students? 
yeah you know yeah okay just yeah you know, because as you said okay in the past family you know they used to actually live in that way you know having lot you know having lots of actually children you know that that the scores of children okay would give them power okay they would be more powerful okay just maybe in the past okay to to run the family but nowadays okay since you know uh, you're somehow in different role okay I think we lost him here. Yeah. Can you hear me? No, yeah. there he is. Yeah. You know, to have, you know, just because making ends meet, like, it would be somehow impossible in that situation because of that. Okay, think it would be somehow impossible. Thank you. Thank you, just all. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for trying. Well, you know, just, yeah. Thank Take you. Care. Yeah, thank you. Bye, right, well, Take care. Have a good day. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Truckers Podcast, any topic is possible from uh, talking about, uh, you know, mental illness to polygamy to whatever the case may be, you know. Um, but, uh, like, you know, you know, that happens in, in other parts of the world. And here also it happens here in North America. But, uh, um who knows what happens on this show? And, and I'm glad everybody was. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad everybody was uh, um, polite to one another, and uh, um, it didn't get out of hand. <laughs> you know, so, right. You know, um, respect. You know, to you know. I mean, well, there's nothing that we can, you know, um, do about Here's other countries, right? Here's a good topic. Why do people get emotional during debates? Well, you know, when it when it comes to, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to politics and alcohol, I mean, that just gets right out of hand, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Never talk. Never, never talk politics when you're drinking. Right. Uh, oh, I've never heard of that before. Mm. Ah, people talk politics when they're sober, and man, and I had, it gets, and it I had gets out of hand. We were talking. I was talking to a friend of mine about uh, COVID because I'm not a big COVID believer. I, I believe it's uh, the COVID uh, is it was it's it's not, it wasn't as bad as it used to as what they claim it was. And I had a friend; he's an engineer and. One thing you know about engineers is they think they know everything. And uh, he was almost willing. As a matter of fact, I had another friend who was an engineer. We have fell out of communication over just a, of a conversation that meant, any, meant nothing, meant nothing to me. But they get so, people get so emotional, they will quit uh they will sever ties of friendship with you over a conversation where they, they will, there was no need for feelings to get involved. Yeah. And that goes without saying, you know, in, in family units, um, whatever problems are there and, and then something is said and, you know, then the other sibling doesn't talk to the other one for many years. It could be yeah. anything. It could be anything. You know, and it, it wasn't meant anything, and, and it wasn't really meant to to hurt them or whatever like that. But it's just how people portray it and how they right. take it, right? So, you know, um, 
I haven't really talked, uh, like I do talk about uh, uh, COVID-19, uh, what's going on, um, how we are um, starting to uh, reopen our economy here in Canada and um, the systems that we have in place um, for businesses is, uh, to uh, start reopening and get people back into the store shopping. Um, and with the rollout of the vaccines, um, so there's been uh, some uh, updates on that when the, when I get those updates and how things are rolling here in Canada and uh, what the health health uh, officials are saying and what the government is doing. So, mm -hmm. and that, and those shows seem Canada, to be, uh, go ahead. Was Canada closed down? Uh, did the economy suffer a lot? Oh, absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, back last spring, um, the uh, except for manufacturing, food processing, truck drivers, essential uh, essential workers, um, basically uh -huh. the, the the economy was shut down. Wow! You know the the land border between the United States and Canada is still closed. Really? And, uh, yeah, it is still closed. Um, March 21st, or they do it a few days before the 21st of each month um, to determine whether they're going to open that land border back up. Um, I don't see that happening. Um, I, I can see it being extended uh, to April 21st. Um, so that, you know, Canada and that United Canada and United States, um, you know, so that we're protecting one another, you know, because uh -huh. we're not going to have you know, it's not going to be, yeah, anybody can can come across the land border and go shopping and dining and sightseeing and, and all these things. That is just not going to be happening now. Mm -hmm. So that's why, and, you was, know, I, so it's a year. It'll be one year this March, March 21st, yeah. that the land border has been mm -hmm. closed, except wow. for essential, except for essential travel. Uh, truckers obviously uh -huh. can cross over. And any healthcare uh -huh. professional that works in the United States uh -huh. can cross the border. Nobody I, else can. Interesting. I was um, in the New England in the New England Journal of Medicine, March of 2020. Doctor Fauci, who is the uh, the head doctor here in America, he said. And you know that journals of medicine are read primarily by doctors. And he wrote in the Journal of Medicine that the COVID-19 virus had only a 0 0.0001 fatality rate. So that was one out of a thousand people should die from what the study said at that time. At that time, yes. So, and so now, at this time, the, the funny thing is that the pneumonia and the flu in America killed about 165,000 people a year. So, and that's been for the last 10 years, never fails. This year, however, the death rate for pneumonia and the flu went down. 
and also the deaths from cancer. So that seems little coincidental to me that those numbers went down and COVID went up. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're probably we're probably seeing that, um, you know, across the board, you know, in, in all countries, too. Um, you know, the unfortunate thing, and I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. And, I, I, you know, you're from the United States, you're an American and, you know, Canada yeah. and the United States always has yeah. a good relationship. And I like American people. I really do. I travel throughout the United States during my trucking career stuff like that but um you know with the with the uh, infection rate and the death rate you know in my own opinion my own perspective is how poorly it was hand handled um when donald trump was president of the united states you know what now i'm a african-american and my parents were lifelong democrats and everybody that I know are Democrats. But I was a biology, mathematics, and chemistry student. And when I look at the numbers, it doesn't, it, the, the numbers don't add up to the deaths. The, the, the statistics don't add up. Um, another thing, being that I lived in Miami for over 35 years, I know one thing about doctors and greed is that if they offer, they tell a doctor for every patient that you diagnose with COVID, you get $2,500. And they tell the hospitals for every patient you put on a ventilator, we give you $34,000. The doctor is going to say, especially Cuban doctors, in Miami, they're going to say, you mean to tell me I can make $10,000 a day and all I have to do is diagnose four people with the flu with COVID? Oh, my God, I can make $300,000 in a month from the United States government just doing that? Send them all in. So there's a financial profit for the doctors to diagnose flu patients or anyone with COVID. And ventilators at $34,000 a pop, how many patients do you think a hospital is gonna put on a ventilator? And the one thing I know about ventilators is that most people who get put on a ventilator, for whatever reason, they pass away. So, it, the financial cost, the profit loss for the doctors in the hospital, it was a plus for them to put people on ventilators and, and, and to diagnose them with uh, the COVID virus. And we know that, and Donald Trump told everybody right. He says, if you take that quinine drug, the, uh, I forgot what is it, amaphylic, uh, Amphichloroquine. If you take that drug, you will be okay. Doctors, doctors have told their patients, the honest doctors have told their patients, uh, and I know a friend of mine, her doctor told her, 
just drink tonic water because it has quinine in it and you'll be okay. But the, but that's not what they wanted. That's not what they wanted. They wanted to shut the economy down and it, they want to sell the vaccine. And that's the sad part. Of course, there were people who died because of uh, it, it was a very virulent. It wouldn't kill you, but it was it was very virulent and, and aggressive. So that if you had a pre-existing disease, you could very well die from it. And that's why it killed a lot of people in New York, in the cities, because they had bad lifestyles. There's, and, and if you believe, have you been in New York? There's no grocery stores in New York. Everything is a bodega because there's no room to have a big 10,000 square foot grocery store in the city. So there's no place for you to get really good food. So you're buying everything from the bodega unless you go to fill it uh, into Pennsylvania and buy your fresh fruit. And I know I had a girlfriend who lived in Pennsylvania and a lot of New Yorkers used to come there on a weekly basis to buy fruit and uh, food, fresh vegetables and take it back to New York. And so it, it, it's, it's sad that and this is just my opinion. It's uh, that it was it's really no good. It was it didn't have to be as bad. It really didn't. Had we had they allowed us to take the quinine drug, you would have been it would have been much better. But it was all about the money, in my opinion. America is a capitalistic country and money above everything else, even people's health. And that's sad. Sad commentary. But most people get angry. They get angry when I say stuff like that. Well, I you know, believe it. Well, I'm like this. You have the right to voice your opinion. Yeah. Right. Everyone. And, yeah. And, and, and you and, and, and you voicing your opinion, um, you were being respectful about it. And I appreciate that. And that. So, like I said, everybody, you know, you, you have the right to voice your opinion on topics, um, stuff like that. We may not all agree about it. Correct. Obviously, obviously we have we have our own opinions. That's know, right, and our own uh, about our that brain to think with. And absolutely. You want to hear something else interesting? There was sure. a nurse in Broward County, and she's on YouTube now. She had just got off of work, and she's sitting in her sitting in her car. And she says, my director of nursing came on the unit today and said, everybody be sure and be at work, be to work this weekend because we're going to have a COVID crisis. So let's think about what she just said. Everyone be at work this weekend because we're going to have a COVID crisis. How did she know that we were going to have a COVID crisis this weekend and the hospitals would be full? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? That's what, yeah, that's what the nurse says. That's uh, funny. She can tell the future. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was, that's, 
that that was interesting. Like, wow, how did you know that? That's what you know. Just different things like that lead me to believe that it was it's pre-planned. You know, but you know what? No matter what the politicians do, we got to get up in the morning and go to work and make a living. Right. So so it really doesn't matter what they do, what they say. It doesn't matter. That's in my opinion. Your opinion is respected. Hey, unfortunately, I wasn't born with a silver spoon, and I, 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 I will always have to work. I met Me a too. guy in Mississippi. I met a guy in Mississippi one time, and he was sitting at the bar at a rest at a hotel I was working at. And he says, I, "I've never worked in my life, and I will never have to work in my life," because he was his parents were oil money rich. Unfortunately, I didn't grow up like that, so it doesn't matter to me. No, All to work we go like the seven dwarfs. That's right. <laughs> That's right, and I feel good about it. Yeah, I'm trying to. You know, I'm thinking when I retire, I may buy me a a lawn a lawn business and start cutting cutting lawns. I look. I used to do that as a kid, and I love doing that. Yeah, cool. Just cutting lawns. Yeah. You can say, I did that line. That's a beautiful line. I did that. Yeah. Yeah. That keep yourself busy, too, right? Yeah. Oh, man, that's the most important thing when you retire. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, this is, you know, doing a podcast would be something that, you know, when I retire, I'm going to continue to do the podcast. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the next thing. That's a, uh, um, the next thing from a shortwave radio. Remember in the 50s, everybody had shortwave radios and dad would go in the garage and get on his shortwave radio and yeah. talk to everybody all over the country. So yeah. This is a podcast that's similar to that. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it is, it is so amazing how many people have podcasts, how many people listen really? to podcasts. It's just mind-boggling. Really, and I'm just I I'm just the little guy down in the way bottom, you know, and I have I don't know close to 300 followers. Uh, really, I've been I've been doing this uh, just over a year now, um, uh-huh. pushing I think 9,000 downloads, and you know, and, it, and so I how just how often are you on? I'm on. Uh, I, I I try to get in um, three shows a week: Saturday mornings, um, Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, and Monday mornings. But if something pops up and I'm thinking that it's you know useful to talk about, I'll, I'll pop up in the afternoon. You know, on the weekends. You know, okay. uh, just during the week time, um, I do a Monday morning show because I don't work Mondays. Right. And, and that, so I, that's why I'm able to to do a Monday morning show. But during the week, Tuesday, Tuesday, Friday, you know, I start work at seven, and sometimes I'm not home till you know seven, eight o'clock at night. And are you, you know, still I, a driver? Yeah, I'm a local driver now. I drive. I just drive locally. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So um, you know, doing those, you know, still working, you know, you know, ten to twelve hours a day, 
you know, I just want to come home through the week and just relax and, and, you know, yeah. sit back and reflect on my time and, and stuff like that. But the weekends, yeah, I like to get out here um, Saturday morning, Sunday mornings, Monday mornings. And like I say, you know, the good topic comes up as I'm looking you know, at the internet and saying, hey, this is maybe something worthwhile talking about. Um, I might start an afternoon show at three o'clock. Well, here's something interesting. Canada is the number one place that people want to come to in the world now. It's not the United States anymore. Well, yeah, that just came out in the, in the paper last week. Well, I have to look that up and see what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, everybody wants to come here and come here instead of the United States. I guess I'll have to do a little bit of research yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, people are wanting to come to Canada instead of yeah. the United States. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a friend of mine. And, uh, she was suggesting that we go to Canada. I mean, go to Toronto. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah big city. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, Toronto's it's too big. big. city, but I wonder how cold. Does it really get – what's the weather like up there during the winter? Cold. Even during the springs. So it's March now, so it's still – when does it start warming up? Uh, about the first week of April, second week of April, depends on Mother Nature, right? Depends, <laughs> depends on old man winter. I, I, we've had, I've seen it snow in May, you know, just because so the cold front comes through. Is it much different in uh, BC on the West Coast than in the East Coast? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, in, in Vancouver. Um, during the winter months, they do get some snow. Um, they're in the lower elevation, uh, but it's uh -huh. cloudy. It's cloudy, rainy, um, cool. But if you get into the, the northern part of Alberta, of, of, of British Columbia, now you're getting up into the into uh, um, the ski country, um, into that into the high mountain range. On the east coast of Canada, uh, they get brutal cold, snowy winters uh -huh. mm -hmm. here in southern ontario it's pretty much like michigan you know um or indiana or, or whatever like that you know we get the cold we get we get the uh we get some snow um and stuff like that so uh, but the weather this week looks like it's shaping up somewhat and uh hopefully uh we're gonna have an early spring and that is that uh is Ontario near the uh, the the Detroit Michigan border? Or what is that there? Yeah, yeah. That uh, uh, from where I live, it would take me two hours to get to Detroit, and uh -huh. it would take me an hour to get to Port Huron. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's how close. Well, it's, how close it, I live. it's been nice talking to you. Yes, and nice I will to have you on my show you next Sunday morning. Thank you. I'll try to catch you next Sunday morning. Yeah, thank you for coming on my show. I appreciate that. Uh, you're welcome here um, anytime, and that goes for everybody who's on the show listening. Um, you're more than welcome. Like uh, you're more than welcome to call in and talk to me uh, if you have something to say. Just please be respectful, and, and that's so because this show goes out all over the world when I'm done here. That's right. Okay. Right. So it's something that, so, you know, I put, I put time in, I put time into this and, you know, 
I don't want to have to leave the show because somebody was just firing off the F bomb right. every every second word. <laughs> you know, so. so how when is this live now? Is this going out over the? Oh, it is because I'm on it. I this is it. live. This is going around so, the world right now. I see. Live around the world. Yep. How do you? Can you tell how many people are listening? I are can. Wait for you to look at. Yeah, I, I guess you have to go to analytics on the back. Well, I can just see how many people are on my show right now. Really? You know? Yeah. How I'm many really are on your show it. right now? We got one, three. two, three, four, five, six, seven. Use eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve people. Cool. Live on the show, All right, right, right on my screen. Cool, cool. Everybody have a good week, and I'll, I'm signing off, and I'll talk to you next weekend. You too, and I'll be looking forward to that, and thank you. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Well, there you have it, ladies well, there and gentlemen. You have it, ladies and gentlemen. He took off his headset. <laughs> there we go. A little echo in the background again there, but that's okay. It's live. That happens. Stuff like that. But uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, uh, joining me um, here on the Truckers Podcast. Um, like I say, it can go from one topic to another, and and, and that's okay as well. So, uh, yeah, I will be back out um, tomorrow morning uh, at 10 a.m., the Truckers Podcast. Um, coffee with you. Um, I hope you join me. Um, if you can't, that's okay. Uh, the episodes will always be up there to listen. Um, you can Google the Truckers Podcast on Podbean, on iHeartRadio, and all other social medias where you find your podcast. You can find the Truckers Podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I am your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. Have a great Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. Have a safe week coming up, and I'll be back out tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Take care and thank you.